0: You're listening to The Whatcom Report, a Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce program in partnership with KGMI.
1: Good morning and welcome to The Watcom Report, a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce in partnership with KGMI uh, News Talk. And so this morning, we're going to have a conference. We're going to have a part of a conference uh that's nothing new to the Whatcom report nothing new to our business community nothing new to the community dialogue going on right now and that is one of public safety crime uh, the criminal justice system and so we have our county prosecutor uh here on the show with us this morning so we're going to learn some of the things that we might not know about the process some of the problems maybe some of the solutions that we can achieve uh, in our community when we look at so many, and again, part of my focus, my lens is our business community uh, is in a bit of crisis with crime on the rise. And so I, I think we've got some opportunity to to learn a lot uh, about why, what what got us here and maybe what can get us out of here and away from here. So if that's of interest to you, stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: You go to great lengths to keep your carpet clean.
2: Kids, get out of the living room. You
1: spend your days scolding loved ones.
2: Honey, take your shoes
0: off. I'm
1: trying to create an invisible shield to keep all the dirt and stains out.
0: Welcome to our home. And just please stay on the plastic, okay?
3: From summer's barbecue stains to your kids' dirty cleats, call Swans today or visit them online at swanscarpetcleaning.com. Staying connected with your community each Saturday at noon with KGMI's Community Connection as local business leaders share their expert advice. Sponsored by Vibrant USA,
4: Pacific Security, Lighthouse Mission Ministries, Feller Heating and Air Conditioning, and Columbia Fire.
3: Community Connection, Saturdays at noon on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Welcome back to the
1: Whatcom Report. I'm your host, Guy Chigrasso, President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. And as I mentioned, we're here to have a really important conversation on what I would call the justice and law and the criminal justice system, uh, public safety. And so we have Whatcom County Prosecutor Eric Ritchie on the show with us this morning, Eric, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. So one of the things we always like to do uh, when we have guests on is just to hear a little about who you are, what got you to your role, a little bit of the, the history. I mean, you are an elected official, so I think that's an important element to and again, you're you're more than just an elected official too. Like we're all humans, so again, let's just let's learn a little bit more about you.
2: Well, great, thanks. So I am the Walken County Prosecutor, and I've been in this role for the last four years. Uh, prior to that, I was a deputy prosecutor in the office for approximately twenty-seven years. So I've been I've been doing this work for a long, long time. I worked under Dave McKechnie, who I respect very much. Uh, he still comes into the office for those who are interested. He uh, is here every Wednesday doing work on a number of things, and he's been a great resource over the last four years. I, uh, I, I guess growing up in the office, I've handled virtually every kind of crime you can think of. Uh, I, I've not practiced civil law, but uh, we have a number of attorneys within the office who do a great job on that. In fact, I think that that is where we shine the most uh we're doing as much work as we can to uh, make sure that our community is safe and uh that's that's uh that's that's our goal that we want to i mean that's our goal keeping the community safe Yeah. how does and just because i'm curious
1: right like i'm fascinated by, by workforce and career uh some of our listeners on the walk report probably already are very well aware of that so i'm always fascinated is how did you what led you to I would say the prosecuting side of practicing law.
2: Well, that's a, an interesting question. When I went to law school, uh, I talked to a number of people about the different professions that people could get into once they finished their degree. And my dad told me that uh, the most fun work he had done because he was a practicing lawyer at the time, in fact, a, a court commissioner. Uh, and he told me that the most fun he had working in the legal profession was that as a prosecutor. And that had to do with being a part of a member of a team and working hand in hand with police and making sure that our community was was uh, kept as safe as possible. He found it very fulfilling and rewarding. He'd done other things. And and this was that was the best work he had done, and I thought, you know what, that that makes sense to me, and that's exactly where where I uh, went to immediately. Great, and so for those people that may be a little unclear, what is the prosecutor's office? Right, the prosecutor's office is actually uh, bigger than most people think. I talked about the criminal division and the civil division. Uh, We have 25 attorneys. We have a total of 25, uh, a total of 50 people in the office, 25 support staff as well, uh, we we do virtually every kind of law you can think of um, virtually we uh, we handle all the crimes within Whatcom County. Uh, there are cities that handle their own municipal matters, but the major crimes and the things that happen out in the county are all handled by us, and a civil division does all, uh, the A large variety of of cases that uh, protect the county from lawsuits and that's why I was talking about uh, we do virtually everything you can think of Uh, it's a very broad group and then one more division that I need to mention also is our. um, boy support enforcement group and support enforcement, makes sure that people are paying their child support as well, so we we handle a lot of different kinds of cases.
1: Yeah, and so that's just those cases where private attorneys aren't aren't the best fit, or just more public service.
2: Well, these right? are all public. These are all public service uh, yeah. positions, and and um, yeah, we, to make sure that our public is, is well cared for. Great. Right. Well, again, I ask I ask silly, and That's not
1: a silly question. I ask maybe simple questions because there's a lot of times people don't know, and I think it's important to you know, get some of those simple answers out there. So I appreciate for taking that time to do that. And so the impetus for having you on the show today is about a month back, uh, the Chamber partnered with the Downtown Bellingham Partnership and produced, I can't remember what what we ended up calling it, but essentially it was a public safety town hall, specifically looking at downtown. And as you mentioned, You oversee the entire county. A lot of unincorporated stuff, but also some big stuff that happens inside our municipalities as well. And if you could take a minute or two just to kind of, I would say, reflect on the current state of, again, public safety, big, broad term, uh, but kind of the current state of public safety, where do you see it right now?
2: So I have a lot of concerns about our public safety within our community, and uh, I came here today to talk about those things. I, I'm concerned about the local. I'll start off with the Washington State. Um, our stats show from 2021 that crime is down, but crime is down overall but uh, murder and other violent crimes are up significantly. And these are the things that I think concern most of our community. Uh, those are stats, the best stats we have. Uh, I think that, that in 2022, we're gonna see that crime has increased more um, and that, that worries me and I think it worries everyone. And that's, that's I think why I'm here today. Yeah, so when you say crime is actually decreased,
1: is that a statewide number or is that yeah, local a, too?
2: Right, that's the statewide number uh and that's overall crime uh if, like I said our stats are only um our stats are from 2021. We don't have 2022 stats yet. Right. And the 2021 stats show that crime overall is down by 3.7% from the previous year. Mhm. And so I think
1: that's that's really interesting and again I think it's important to note the most severe or some of the most severe crimes are up. I think that's a really important note here. I think when we look at a a little bit local lens uh, from a retail crime, um, I would say theft, organized crime, like we're seeing those, if we're listening to our retailers, those numbers are going up uh, over the last couple of years as well. And so, out of curiosity, do we know the crimes that we're seeing a
2: decrease in? Well, actually, it is property crime that that in 2021 okay. there was a decrease. But you know what? It's, we don't have the full story. 2022 yeah. is is a different story, and we're all hearing about how crime is is running rampant throughout our community, and I believe it. You know, I've, I've spoken to a, a number of victims and a number of folks who work in retail professions, and they tell me the same thing, and that is yeah. that crime is up. I, uh, You know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the 2022 stats, but I don't know that I need to to know that yeah. crime is is causing a lot of trouble here.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the, the stats that I've heard from a, a handful of our, again, national retailers, uh, and so I'll keep confidential which ones I've spoken to. Uh, but the loss prevention, which is again, the theft prevention in most retailers, uh, many of our Bellingham locations are number one in their network of all of their retail stores, regionally or nationwide, Bellingham is number one in loss. And so that is significant, that's a, that's a number one, that's a top 10 list we don't wanna be a part of.
2: Right, and um, I, that doesn't surprise me. I think that that yeah. is uh, something that's, caused by one of the bigger problems we have in our community, and that is a a lack of accountability from having uh, a jail that's inadequate. We're turning Mm -hmm. people away due to booking restrictions because we can't hold people who are committing property crimes, and the criminals know it. Yeah. And then there's also an issue with our courts. We haven't had trials for the last two years and people know that they do not need to resolve their cases and that's that's up until recently we're starting to you know we started trials relatively recently and Mm -hmm. uh, we're making people more accountable that way but for so long they didn't feel that accountability And, and again, the criminals knew it yeah. So I look forward to touching base on all of those
1: because those are some three really, really big topics there in about 45 seconds. So we're going to take a break and we're going to get to all of those very shortly. So stay
0: tuned. His commitment to Northwest Washington dates back five generations. Our Congressman Rick Larson. Brought up in a family of eight kids, Rick was raised with a value of hard work. The same way Rick and his wife Tia raised their own two boys. Larson understands the pressures facing families when it comes to the rising cost of living. And why he just passed the new Inflation Relief Act that starts lowering costs by reducing prescription drug prices for Washington seniors. And caps insulin costs at $35. Rick sees the big picture. That's why he just helped pass bipartisan legislation bringing semiconductor manufacturing back to America. Larson's bill eases supply chain issues and needs more good paying jobs, all while lowering prices on cars and electronics. Common sense, practical solutions for working families and local business. That's always been Rick's approach to making a difference for growing our local economy. Rick Larson, Congress. I'm Rick Larson and I approve
2: this message
0: paid for by citizens to elect Rick Larson. Bill Davis here, and I want to tell you about my favorite heating professionals, Feller Heating. With fall and winter on the way, it's time to start thinking about your furnace. These guys are the true professionals, and how do I know? They maintain my furnace. If your system is 10 years or older, you've got to call Feller because it's time for an upgrade. They'll come out and take a look at what you need and ask them to set you up with a daikin to maximize energy use and keep heating costs down. You can trust these guys with reliability, efficiency, affordability, and comfort. It's kind of a way of life at Feller. After all, they design peace of mind.
3: KGMI Connects with Joe Tian is about our community and you. Biden said if Russia invades Ukraine, North Stream 2 is done.
5: That is evidence that he ordered a sabotage of
3: it. Each weekday at 4 p.m. I don't think Germany, who has that big of investment, would do it. Could it be Ukraine? Sure it could.
5: There have been Spectre. How many James Bond movies <laughs> involved? On
3: KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com.
0: The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group.
1: You are listening to The Watkins Report. I'm your host, Jack Chagrasso, uh, from the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce, and we're here with our Whatcom County Prosecutor, Eric Ritchie, uh, talking about public safety. And so we, were, we kind of did a pretty good overview in that last segment, uh, but one of the topics that has been uh, substantial uh, as far as I would say conversations that I've had. And I can only imagine uh, how substantial they've been for you and your team. Uh, is some of the police reform laws that happened in 2021. Uh, so I would love to hear your
2: opinion on that. Sure. Yeah. So the police reform laws, I think, I think the impetus for them was it was noble. Uh, you know, the killing of George Floyd, that's that should impact all of us. And, and uh, we you know all should think about that in, in the work that we do. But but frankly, I found the loss to be too reactionary and probably not even or I should say, possibly not even relevant in, in our neck of the woods. Uh, equitable application of laws specifically to race should be looked at. Um, and I don't mean only police, but I also mean prosecutors and, and uh, courts. And, you know, frankly, I'm not afraid to be looked at. I think we should be looked at. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I support the Racial Equity Commission that's been uh, developed here in Whatcom County. But regarding the laws, uh, you know, there are several problems that were were, uh, made by the the legislators when they did this. They didn't feel like they were well thought out. Uh, The next year's legislature went back and fixed some of them, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. And we're still stuck with some major issues that are hampering police from doing their work. Yeah. And so what are what are some of
1: those again, those state policies? And again, I don't think there's too much to talk about of the things, the few things that were fixed. And I'm air quoting fixed, fixed. Um, There are there are some things that we need to see. I would say change altogether, Um, but from your perspective, what are you seeing as some
2: of those uh, still yet needed changes? Absolutely. The things that need to be fixed are pursuit as well as decertification issues. So pursuit is uh what where police would be able to essentially chase people when they've committed Mm -hmm. crimes they've been limited in their ability to do that and the way the legislature did that was they've they've uh, told police that they can only chase people who are charged who they believe would be charged with serious violent crimes sex offenses and duis and Mm -hmm. all other crimes they cannot pursue them and because of that we have had a number of uh what would be crimes where officers would chase them and and they've had to disengage and not be able to in you know to resolve the matter through a chase uh so so this is this is something that police are concerned about I'm concerned about and it's something that the again the criminals know about they uh-huh. in fact have uh There are some interesting stories about uh, criminal defendants who uh, contact us and and contact even police saying, you don't have a right to chase me. Uh, So anyway, that's been a real problem. I I think that's hurting the safety of our community. The decertification issue, while it sounds like it's reasonable to tell police, like you have to do things right, uh-huh. Um, and of course they do have to do things right, uh, but the decertification and the attacks on what's known as qualified immunity, it's its caused police a lot of concern, and it's, it's hurt their ability to hire, and then in fact it stopped police from doing a lot of the proactive policing that they used to do, In fact, the I I was told just recently at a training that police are no longer doing what's known as social contacts. And when officers go and meet people on the street and do the social contacts, that's where they find crimes. And they're not doing that anymore because they're afraid of getting in trouble, afraid of decertification and afraid of um, basically getting sued.
1: Yeah, is part of some of that. Because um, again, when I, at least from the city of Bellingham and a lot of conversations I've had with uh, the police department is th- the number of officers, like just a staffing. Is there also some of that kind of on the street work that's kind of gone away because of the staffing shortage too?
2: Well, I'm sure that that's part of it. Uh, I mentioned okay. hiring. The, our, the numbers of police within the ranks of Bellingham are, are dwindling and mm-hmm. people, people are leaving the profession. They haven't been able to hire the, in the way that they've done in the past. And it's making it difficult for them to do the, again, proactive policing that they used to do that yeah. allowed people in Whatcom County to feel safe. Right, and I think it's also a
1: component of that too, is you know, like one of the things, our office is downtown, pretty close to your office. And you know, like the bike cops, you know eight years ago you would see bike cops and you don't see that anymore and so I think part of that is the the that community engagement which is a little bit different than what you're talking about too you're talking more of the investigative uh um, uh, proactive policing versus just community engagement and I think staffing issues uh decertification concerns all of those things really lead to that oh, we only see police officers doing this one little thing and they used to do all this other stuff. Um, So with also, again, that was the legislative uh, changes that happened in 2021 and then some of the fixes that happened in 2022. And one of the other conversations, I'm jumping around a little bit in in our potential agenda here and some of the talking points is the Blake decision because I hear these conversations Merging and they're not, they're different processes. So what was the Blake decision and how is it different
2: than the legislative changes that happened in 21 and 22? Well, the Blake decision was done, uh, was created by the Supreme Court. And it was a decision where the Supreme Court decided that uh, there needed to be an intent element in possessing illegal drugs. And not having an intent element made the whole crime unlawful and uh they just threw it out essentially okay. so the legislature had an opportunity to fix that because they could come in and, and add the word or intent or knowingly or, or something like that to possess drugs and they decided not to do that they instead made possession of hard drugs a simple misdemeanor but only after police have given suspects two deferrals now nobody really knew what two deferrals meant when the legislature put it together again it was probably not as well thought out as the, as the legislature could have done but uh it turns out that the only thing that police can do is hand out a referral for drug treatment when they see it happen and frankly i don't even think that's happening very much because it's it's you know again putting officers yeah. in pretty for very little very a very small result and how would you
1: even track that? That's that's kind of what I've heard. When it's like, how do you know this individual got a card? Uh, that right. Seems- so it's
2: a referral card, and that's exactly right. That's what officers would be handing out if they're going to hand out any do anything about it. And there is no way to track it at this point. The legislature did not create a uh, method for tracking. So. People in Bellingham may not know what's happening in the county. People in the county may not know what's happening in the city in another county or anywhere across the state. Yeah. But there's no way, there's no way to track these things. So we don't know who's received two referrals or deferrals before uh before a misdemeanor prosecution could happen. Yeah. So
1: on this decision and also the state decision. So again, from a yeah, and you know, I, I can advocate for things. I don't know how well it's easy for, for you as a public official to advocate things, but what are those things that need that we need our legislators to fix? Well, on both accounts.
2: Right. So I I actually advocate fairly well. I have good communication with our legislators locally and even some across the state. Our my uh prosecutor organization known as WAPA. We're also very active in, in legislative affairs and, you know, we're looking at the Blake issue right now, trying to figure out what we want to do uh, and what what might be effective, because okay. this is an important factor in our community and keeping people safe, people who are affected by drugs and the impact our community and of course they hurt themselves too. And uh-huh. it, that's, neither of those things are okay. And we're just letting them stay there, letting them sit there and, you know, hurt us and hurt themselves. And, it, you know, again, that's a problem. We have no way to enforce some sort of treatment, no consequences yeah. to get them started in anything. So that's that should be concerning people in our community. And we should be talking to our legislators about that.
1: Yeah. And is there any room uh, from, a, from a staffing perspective for drug treatment in our community? Like it's, I imagine that's a really tough
2: position to fill. Well, right. So we don't have enough treatment locally or within our state. And just creating the treatment beds isn't going to be enough. I mean, it's important. Believe me, it's important, but it's not enough. Because we need to have a mechanism to get people encouraged to get treatment. And we don't have anything when we don't have any consequences from our courts that will push them in that direction.
1: Yeah. So we are to our next break. Um, so we're going to continue the conversation with, uh, I don't know if we'll get to it in this next segment, but the $150 million elephant in the room. Uh, so it's a little teaser uh, for a next segment. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Alo Strander here, retired law enforcement and small farmer. We all know life is getting expensive. Healthcare costs are out of control, and that's why Sharon Shoemake capped the price of drugs, like insulin, in our state. Sharon Shoemake isn't afraid to stand up to big corporations like tobacco and drug companies. Now they're spending record amounts on attack ads on TV and in your mailbox. Don't believe their lies. I trust Sharon Shoemake. She works for you and me, not the big corporations. Paid for by People for Sharon Democrat.
4: This is Heidi Person, General Manager of the Cascade Radio Group, with a look at some good news in our community that we like to call The Upside.
3: The Assistance League of Bellingham is a part of a national organization with 120 chapters throughout the United States. They are an all-volunteer 501c3, and their thrift and gift store on Meridian Street funds various programs throughout the year, such as their Summer Enrichment Scholarship Program for Whatcom County high school and middle school students to attend the summer programs of their choice. This summer, the Assistance League of Bellingham awarded $47,900. For more information on the assistance League, visit assistanceleague.org slash Bellingham. The Upside is brought to you from a grant provided by Bayside Coin & Jewelry. They are the largest buyer and seller of gold and silver in the Northwest. Bayside Coin & Jewelry in the Iowa Business Park.
4: If you have good news to report, email it to us at the Upside at cascaderadiogroup.com.
3: Someone needs to tell you what's going on around the world and in our hometowns. And that someone is us. We are free radio. We are always there. We are broadcasters. Visit wearebroadcasters.com or text radio to 52886 to learn more. Furnished by NAB and this station. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are, and if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM, and KGMI.com.
4: Whatcom County and Northwest Washington offer endless beauty and our phones make it possible for us to capture it instantly.
5: And now KGMI is giving you another way to share your incredible pictures with Whatcom Wanderings.
4: Just go to KGMI.com, look for Whatcom Wanderings, post your photos and tell us where you took them.
5: So share your pictures of our area's incredible beauty and complexity with Whatcom Wanderings at KGMI.com.
3: Business owners, you have job openings? We have HireMeWah.com. HireMeWah.com is Cascade Radio Group's hyper local job board. It's free and easy to use. Upload your available job listings today. Job seekers can post resumes too.
1: HireMeWah.com is available 24 hours a day. Check back frequently. New job listings added regularly. HireMeWah.com. Business owners post your job openings for free right now at HireMeWah.com. That's HireMeWah.com. HireMeWah.com is a service of Cascade Radio Group and this
3: station. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio.
5: A properly operating furnace will guarantee that you stay comfortable as the seasons change. Contact West Mechanical Heating, Air Conditioning and Electric for a system inspection today at westmechanical.net.
3: Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com.
1: Welcome back to the Walker Report, a program of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce in partnership with KGMI. I'm your host, Guy Trigasso, and we're here with Eric Ritchie, our county prosecutor, uh, talking everything public safety. And so we did a pretty good deep dive there on some of the, the laws and legislative aspects that changed and the work that still needs to be done. But I think. How I want to have the conversation kind of morph is in what are we seeing now? Uh and again, I mentioned earlier is some of the retail theft um our community is experiencing. And I'm kind of curious what you are seeing and hearing, because there are some stores that are, you know, trying to prosecute and trying to engage. Uh w- what are some what are some thoughts?
2: What are some observations? What are some recommendations? So I've seen a lot. I have. I've seen a lot, and I've seen a lot over the years. And I've seen some changes over the years. Some of the changes have not been good for our community. Um, to begin with, I, I want to say that uh, I became reengaged in this whole matter uh, more very recently when I saw on social media that people were complaining about our law enforcement officers not getting the job done, and it's not completely. Due to, I mean, th- these issues are not completely due to law enforcement. Um, I've talked to our retailers. They have a monthly meeting where they get together and talk about loss prevention. And I've been out there speaking to them, and I learned something that surprised me greatly. And that was that there are a number of retailers who are not engaging the suspects who are stealing from them. They're not yeah. stopping them. They're not detaining them and that makes it very difficult for law enforcement to respond timely. I've heard of complaints that law enforcement's not there, not doing their work, and that's not true at all. If they can't if they can't hold someone or they don't hold someone, then law enforcement can't arrest them. And we can't prosecute them. Now, that's not every retailer, but it's a lot of them. And yeah. the reason why they're doing it, it's, it's because of the business model. They're concerned about liability. They're concerned yeah. about somebody getting hurt. And if somebody gets hurt, they get sued. And that's going to cost more than what it costs to let things go out the door. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, I mean, it's, it's very concerning. But one of the things I've also seen more recently is more arrests, they're coming across my desk. I'm seeing okay. more and more retail theft arrests coming off across my desk. And I think that's because some of the retailers are stepping up and okay. they're starting to re-engage or engage with the people who are stealing from them.
1: So, and it is something that is allowed. I think that's an important component because a lot of misinformation, you have to check every store's, every store's employees should check their store and their store protocols. Uh, but if the store chooses to, they are
3: allowed to do that.
2: Absolutely. Yes, they can. They can stop and detain and hold someone who has stolen from them. That's that's clear within the law. Uh, and that's been the, the state of the law for hundreds of years. Yeah.
1: So next up, um, let's talk about uh, the courts. So you mentioned a little earlier uh, that some of the proceedings essentially stopped during the pandemic and so kind of, you know, as we are October uh, 2022, uh, two and a half years during into the pandemic and hopefully coming out of it. um, What's the state of our court system right now?
2: Well, we're in trial a lot. All of a sudden, over the last uh, several weeks, we've had two trials going every week. And in fact, that's going to happen again next week. So we are very active as of recently. Uh, it's uh, that hasn't been the case for the longest time, mainly due to COVID, but it also has to do with how our courts take control over their courtroom. And what I'm talking about is the judges. The judges have the ultimate control to decide what's going to go to trial. There are things they have to be concerned about. They have to make sure that they're that they're following the law, of course, and making sure that criminal defendants have their um, all their rights given to them, including the effective assistance of counsel. So that's something that they have to be worried about. But they've been worried about it a little too much. When a defense attorney gets up there and and says, I'm not able to go to trial for whatever reason, that's been grounds for continuance. And as of recently, our judges have started taking more control over the courtroom and telling people that they need to get in front of them and explain uh what it's going to take for them to be ready to go to trial. And that's been effective. We again have suddenly been filling our courtrooms again and it's uh it's been feeling really good. Yeah.
1: And so as far as like a volume goes, like say 2019 compared to 2022,
2: um, is it a comparable volume that you're seeing? You know, I I um for the last several weeks, including next week, I feel like it's a higher volume. I, I feel like
0: okay. I, right well we have and we back,
2: have a backlog too we have a backlog of cases yeah. you know important cases cases that need to go to trial and and we, we you know everybody knows which ones they are it's it's uh but we're getting support from our courts okay making, making sure that uh you know that that people are ready for trial and I think that's having a big impact but suddenly we're we are really we're really getting our work done and it feels really good yeah, yeah. and so is is there things that general public can do to
1: I, I don't I don't even know like offer support or I mean encouragement sounds a little silly, because sometimes you're just getting in people's way from doing their job. Uh, but is there something that people can do to to advocate to get through some of these um, backlog of cases, or is it more of just to kind of stay out of the way and let people do their job. <clears throat>
2: I think it's always important for people to express when they want to be in front of the courts and and they do do that. They say we need this case to take priority. They talk to us and tell us that, okay. you know, of course, prosecutors react to that. Our courts react to that. So, uh, stepping okay. up and telling us how you feel about your case really matters.
1: Okay. Well, we're gonna take a next break because I wanna spend the next segment talking about, again, I teased it and I'm gonna tease it one more time, $150 million uh, elephant in the room, and that is the jail. And that's, a, I would imagine a pretty significant topic uh, engaging your world. And I think over the next, gosh, what, 16 months, we're probably gonna have a robust dialogue on the jail in our community um especially as we lead up to what I'm guessing a November 2023 election uh so stay tuned and I look forward to talking uh about the jail and some of the the aspects deficiencies possibilities uh regarding our uh probably single biggest expense in county government (laughs) so uh stay tuned and we'll continue
4: the conversation At Kendall Subaru of Marysville, we might have the best job ever. We get to help our customers find the perfect Subaru to get out and enjoy everything the Northwest has to offer in an ultra-dependable, all-wheel-drive Subaru. With all kinds of reviews and awards for quality, safety, and trust, it's not a surprise that a Subaru holds its value. With more and more fantastic customer reviews about getting a great buying experience at Kendall, there aren't really any surprises there either. But sometimes, it's all about timing, like getting the exact new Subaru you want, we order it straight from the factory just for you. Right now is the perfect time to pre order your new Subaru and get exactly what you want. We'll walk you through the process and make sure you get a great deal. Whether it's checking out the new Subaru Outback Wilderness or Forester Wilderness, trading up to something newer, or dialing in the perfect pre order Subaru. At Kendall Subaru of Marysville, we're here to help you get exactly what you need. Stop by today or get started at KendallSubaruMarysville.com. Kendall Subaru Marysville.com. Kendall. Let's start something great. Are you on Medicare? Hi, this is Marcia Neal with Vibrant USA. The Medicare annual enrollment period is underway. This is the time of year to review your Part D prescription drug plan or Medicare Advantage plan and make changes for January 1st. If you need assistance reviewing your plan options this year, give Vibrant USA a call at 866-733-5111. There is never a fee for our service and our friendly agents will be happy to assist
3: you. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city. But sometimes, things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com.
1: Welcome back to the welcome Report. I'm your host, Guy Grasso President and CEO of the Bellingham Regional Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we're here talking everything public safety, crime, law, and justice uh, with our Washington County Prosecutor, Eric Ritchie. And so I've been teasing this a little bit, actually a lot, uh, because it's a big conversation in our community, it has been for a number of years, uh, and I think probably we're We're about to that point where we're launching into having this conversation in a robust way again, and that is the jail. And so part of the criminal justice piece is the jail uh, from a bookings perspective. And so I'm curious what has been um, and what have you seen? What are some of your frustrations and concerns? Uh, with the jail and what some of the deficiency is over the last few years.
2: So the jail is kind of the hub for so many of the issues that we've talked about. We talked about police and their ability to keep us safe. And of course, without having a jail that can accept people into it, they haven't had places to take people who have committed crimes. We talked about retail theft. We talked about um, how people are somewhat brazen and know that they know the laws and they they run from police. They know that they don't they're not facing jail. They know Mm -hmm. that because there's booking Uh, restrictions and it's caused a huge problem for law enforcement and for prosecutors and of course for the community and community safety. So uh, I I, I can't say enough to our listeners here that we need a new jail to take up the slack where things are, are really hurting.
1: And when you say booking restrictions
2: what does that mean? So the sheriff has imposed booking restrictions and I'm not, I'm not complaining about it. I, the sheriff did the right thing because he needs to keep his community of, of people within the jail safe. The restrictions have been put in place due to COVID and also, um, you know, there's just not enough room, not, not enough room. Lack of there's elevator
1: room. and all of oh, those things. I, right.
2: <laughs> there are all sorts of problems, physical problems with the jail and its ability to be used fully, uh, but we are still putting people in there. It's just, there are a lot of folks that Do not get in there because they haven't committed a serious enough crime. Mm -hmm. And so if we had a bigger jail,
1: do you feel that would be a deterrent because we could actually book people? Like in your professional expertise, do you see those those lack of booking restrictions and the ability to book people as a deterrent for crime?
2: Absolutely. It'd be a deterrent for crime. The booking would be swift. It'd be certain. It'd be something that uh, people would not want to happen to them. So they would yeah. not commit a crime as frequently as they do today. Uh, it also help us resolve cases. You know, we talked about a, a backlog of trials and, and where, where people aren't facing any consequences. And believe me, they feel like they're not. They They don't They don't resolve their cases either. So this is uh, the jail is the very important component to all things criminal justice. Yeah. And so
1: I, I don't think that you're you're running. I think it's the county council kind of running point on it. But can you define or describe the process that's going on right now with regards to the jail?
2: I think so. the The process right now is is uh, largely being uh, forwarded by Barry Buchanan, mm-hmm. uh, the county council. He has a tr- strategic action committee where he's engaged a group of a large group of citizens to consider all things regarding the jail, not yeah. only. Uh, not only you know where to put it, how big to make it, but also what kind of services to provide as well. And all of these things are being talked about in a regular manner so that we can understand what our community wants so that a jail that so that jail can be built appropriately. Yeah. I, I've always when I think of the jail in our
1: criminal justice system, um I I think of a a, a phrase that was really popular when I was a kid. It's like don't hate the player hate the game right and I think it's it's really interesting like when you look at criminality and a big component of I think, and this is, I believe sheriff bill Elfo said this. um sometime over the last 12 months during a Rotary meeting that about 65% of the sheriff's engagement with. Um, criminal activity are related to. A mental health or a substance abuse component. And it's, I mean, I guess I look at it from a fiscal conservative perspective and say, gosh, I, I don't want to pay to send someone through the court system and then have them spend two days in jail when we might have an opportunity to actually provide some solutions for them. And then I put my business hat on and say, we're in a workforce crisis here. If we can actually provide stability for humans uh we could probably put to work because we have the open employment uh so when we think of mental uh mental treatment and then addiction treatment i'm kind of interested as to what you see as some solutions and is there you know what kind of treatment facilities are needed
2: can that be all merged into one thing uh, right, no, no, they cannot be merged into one thing. So people are different and people need different services, They not only levels of services, but also even even where things should be located. Our jail needs to have those services for the people that need to be held in jail, for the dangerous folks. They, they yeah. need that. But uh, there are uh, people that need the support in the community as well. And yeah. so we, we, it's not a one size fits all. And okay. you're talking about uh the scope, the scope of of services. You talked about mental health. You talked about yeah. addiction. We also need family support, and uh-huh. that's something that's hitting the ballot right now uh, on Proposition Five. We have uh, we, if if people were given some more family support, they may be less likely to commit mm-hmm. crimes. Statistics show that. I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of support and mental health and. and treatment for for drugs that need to be addressed along with our jail and that's all being talked about right now in that strategic action committee
1: yeah uh thanks for bringing up prop five again just a little bit of a a, a, again transparency uh the chamber board of directors has endorsed that uh initiative which is really really tough for a business association to say yes to a property tax Uh, but again we've been engaged in this child care dialogue for quite some time and yeah those support systems put people back to work and create high
2: functioning great humans uh and that's why and, we're supporting that and i appreciate that and it also helps people stay away from criminality which yeah. is uh, what i think about
1: totally right absolutely like it's a it's a both and situation which is always good there's some fiscal responsibility with both and and so that's really kind of why i've always been fascinated is um, again, when we think of us as creating a center in a complex, and a lot of the dialogue right now as far as jail location, seems to be, like if I'm reading, I'm not a member of the SAC, um, I just, I watch it from afar. I'm a fly in the room, if you will. Um, there seems to be three locations that are kind of rising to the top. That's the existing location, or let's say Civic Center downtown. There's out at Iron Gate, which is next to and and this goes back into the, the co-location of services, but realizing that you have intentional uses. Uh, the Crisis Stabilization Center is out there, given very small, we need it to be bigger, um, as well as the Work Center, which is kind of the existing um, additional, jail uh facility that we have in the county and then of course the conversation that's been happening for about 10 years now with the ferndale property that is owned too and so yeah it's a very fascinating conversation uh with regards to what we need uh for a jail and accompanying services and again just to just to help people we still need to treat criminals and to treat the criminality I don't want to I don't want to water that down but I'm either. I'm interested in getting people out of the cycle because it doesn't seem super helpful if we're spending a lot of time people going through court staying in jail a night or two and then back out doing the same thing maybe there's something else maybe there's another solution there so I pontificated a little too much there I my apologies so with that Uh, We're going to go to um, our final break and get back for a wrap-up conversation. So stay tuned.
5: It's a new season, but the same old story with your home comfort. You're going to need it. Hi, I'm Joe T. And for my friends at West Mechanical, heating, air conditioning, and electric, it'll keep getting cooler outside and you'll be relying more and more on your heating system. Now's the time to do what I do each year and have your system checked and serviced by the pros at West Mechanical. They'll keep your system running right. But if you've noticed higher and higher heating bills or uneven heat in your home, it might be time to consider a new efficient system from West Mechanical. If so, now is the time to act. The heating industry is among those that have experienced support supply chain issues but west mechanical planned ahead and they have a solid inventory of new furnaces ready to install get the right equipment now and rest easy knowing your family will be comfortable all season long as always they have great financing options on approved credit and they have a 100 percent satisfaction guarantee be ready for whatever the seasons throw at you with west mechanical heating air conditioning and electric visit them today at westmechanical.net That's westmechanical.net.
6: My first lesson in hard work came from my dad. A union pipe fitter, he started his own business out of our garage when I was five years old. He didn't go to a four-year college, but was able to support his family because he worked hard and because he had a great education through an apprenticeship. I'm Joe Timmons, and I'm running for the legislature because I believe everyone deserves the opportunity to succeed in our community. Before students leave high school, they should have enough career and technical education to access living wage jobs without having to go to a four-year college. Costs are rising, and families are struggling to afford food, gas, and housing. My own family's rent went up 35% last year, right here in Wacom County. Healthcare costs are also way too high. That's why I want to work with both parties to lower costs for Washington families, especially those high prices for prescription drugs. I'm the only pro-choice candidate in this race, and I am proud to be endorsed by Planned Parenthood. Women, not politicians, should make their own healthcare decisions. I'm Joe Timmons, and I ask for your vote. Paid for by Vote Joe Timmons Democrat.
1: Well, welcome back uh, to the Walkman Report, Eric. I just want to say thank you so much for giving us uh, a big chunk of your of your time uh, this morning, and so thanks for all the hard work that you do. Uh, and we look forward to working with you uh, over the next many years, uh, but
2: especially the next
1: few years, when we have some big things to tackle.
2: Thank you for having me. I really appreciate this uh, opportunity to speak on your show. I think these are important issues that our community needs to to know about and uh, looking forward to keeping the conversation going. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, And so, yeah, just if you're interested in more dialogue
1: on this, again, contact your uh, whoever wins in November, contact those legislatures to let them know that this is an important topic that we need to resolve. And again, be on the lookout for a lot of information coming your way uh, for a potential jail ballot measure, but just information on uh, what the county council is considering for uh, a jail proposition. And again, this is part of our community. We get to do things right. Uh, and let's let's get this done for the betterment of our community, our businesses, our residents alike. So, thanks for, ju- thanks for joining us this morning, and we'll see you next week.